Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We're back here here in mid-March, I guess, and we have a bit of a, a special episode today. I don't want to call it a, a somber episode, but it's definitely going to be a little bit more... Probably It's going to have a little less brevity than, than these usually do, and you can probably extrapolate why that is. I am Illegal86, as always, and I am joined by Nerd Bomber and Tactics. Say hello, guys. Hello, hello, everyone. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing okay. So yeah, I, I guess... As a as a matter of update, just to start right away, we are all fine. I don't know. It just it, maybe that's too dramatic, but it feels appropriate to kind of start off with that. We're all doing okay, and we hope you are you are all doing okay as well wherever you're listening from. Obviously, this thing has has kind of encompassed the globe at this point, and, and I think most of our listeners are probably in the United States, and it's now really ramping up there. So we felt that it was appropriate to just kind of take take this entire episode to just talk about some of our feelings surrounding it and some of our experiences and you know from my perspective that's really motivated by what i've been reading and information i've been absorbing these past few days and how jarring it sometimes is to read about something else i mean maybe you're exhausted by the coronavirus coverage and you don't want to hear three schmucks talk about it for an hour because you've already listened to a bunch of people talk about it for an hour and that would be a fair decision but i think for us we we just have some things that that we want to say about it and we're gonna we're gonna see where that goes so i mean geez where, where to start here so of course now as we record this we usually release episodes on Wednesday and we're recording this on, on the Monday prior. So as of now, I think a lot of places are experiencing restaurant and bar closures, international travel from the EU, I believe is completely suspended. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. You too. And I suspect, I don't want to, I don't want to prognosticate too much, but I suspect more regulations and sanctions of various kinds are coming. So we're not here to fear monger. We're not here to, to hype you up or it's not what we're going to do. But again, it just felt appropriate to talk about it. So yeah, I mean, how, how are you two doing with, with all of this? So I'm oddly kind of calm and that doesn't really make a lot of sense. But to kind of put this in perspective for all of the listeners. So I have contact with a decent amount of people over in China on a pretty day-to-day basis. And so when this was all happening for them back in late December, January, I mean, it pretty much is still kind of ongoing. I kind of started paying attention a little bit. And I I had a feeling that this was coming and I I didn't want it to come here and spread throughout the rest of the world. But I had a feeling that it was going to come. And so like I've spent the last two months doing a lot of research about this disease, the spread rate, all that kind of stuff didn't go like super doomsdayer or anything like that but like every time we'd go grocery shopping I'd throw in a couple canned goods and like a pack of toilet paper I didn't like stock up super hard I'd say we pretty much have what we would consider to be the necessities if there was like a winter storm or something that would keep us in the house for a few weeks but it was just something that I was like mentally kind of freaking out about for two months and now that it's finally here like I have this weird sense of calm and I think maybe and, and it's just it's because like everyone is finally at the level that I was at, so now I just feel like justified and that I'm not crazy. So that's interesting. That's good. I mean, you, you're you're prepared, and and it's good that you found your zen with it in a sense. You know, to touch on kind of the the mental health aspect of all of this, and and not that that's not being talked about because it is, but like I think I'm still working through a lot of that, and and, and part of that is that. that I don't think I was prepared at was as prepared as you guys are. And, you know, now I do feel adequately prepared and I'm working from home and everything, but I'm, you know, it's a lot to come to terms with, right? Not just in terms of the social changes, but, you know, going grocery shopping. The last time I went grocery shopping was, you know, kind of this eye opening experience. Right. And, and what I'm thinking about now more than ever is just when the dust settles on this thing and, and we look back, not just to try and determine the causes, but to see how it has stretched various various social and behavioral constructs that we've built as a, as a humanity that we might take for granted. You know, the, the, the jokey way to put it is everyone talking now about how we're going to find out once and for all how many meetings actually can just turn into emails. I'm so excited and, for that. Right. And, I, I, you know, I don't know how much truth there is to that. I think for our generation, that would be for our generation especially that would be fantastic because we tend to avoid human to human contact in general but like it's 
it's things like that that I think there's going to be a lot of reassessment and I don't want to say I'm excited for that because there's going to be a lot of tough parts to it as well. But this is starting to feel like a watershed moment in terms of there may be big changes coming as a result of this. And, you know, when we're when we're much, much older, we're going to remember this and we're going to be talking about it. And something like that, something like that of this magnitude, I feel like has not happened uh, in a while. Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things. So talking to my grandparents and stuff, they oh, I mean, they were I want to say they were alive for the Great Depression or maybe like the tail end of the Great Depression. But it was always something that you'd talk about with them and you couldn't imagine going through something like that today. And we kind of, I mean, granted, this is not the Great Depression or anything like that, but man, this is, I mean, our nations are getting shut down. This is more or less unprecedented. And I think this is definitely something that we're living through history right now. I I would like to say, I think Josh Gad, who plays Olaf in Frozen, if you are not already aware of who he is, he tweeted something that I felt very deep in my core, is that he was just very tired of living through history. And that is kind of how I feel. Like, it's just, if you look back at the span of our lives, and I don't know how old the listeners are, but there's just a lot of stuff I feel like that has happened in the last two, three decades that's just so different from what came before. And I guess that's true of any century, you know what I mean? But it just, it's exhausting. Well, I I, th- I think, and I, I agree with the thing you said last year, that I think to a large extent, it's probably true of every generation. But I there could be an argument to be made that we're feeling it more deeply now than we ever have, just because of how connected we all are. You know, and I, I don't, I don't like this, think it's a thing of connection. All right. There's been crazy wildfires. There's been this coronavirus. There's been monster storms there's been shooting it's been insane this is not it has been this is not nothing to do with the globalness of society this is just one thing after another after another and that's why circling back to how we're feeling guys i'm stressed and and i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure many many of you are stressed as well because not only are we living through history as uh nerd bomber had said but we're relying on a lot of these governments and things like that to make the right decisions and and be proactive as opposed to reactive. And one thing I want to say is um, not a lot of companies really have the flexibility to just say, hey, everyone work from home. But there's intermediate things that that, that can be done. and, And I think it's our responsibility as a public to not shun people if they work from home at your office. So let's say that you have to stay at work, but half of the people get to work from home. Well, just be happy because that's half the interactions that you would have normally. It's all about reducing the population. And we have to work together to do that. Population density at a workplace. We would hope that the population of the world does not get reduced. (laughs) Yes, the the population at work. So don't take it, if, if you are in a situation where you cannot work from home, don't take it personally that other people can and you can't. Think of it like this is the company taking steps to protect you as opposed to, man, it stinks that they get to go home because they're not playing with their, their animals or, or that. They're actually working. They're just doing it in a manner to protect everyone else. Yeah, I will say that is one thing, and it's probably attributing to my com and I would just say I, I have a very proactive job where we're all working from home. So that was something that I didn't have to worry about. And like my loved ones, for the most part, they all have jobs where they're able to be at home. I'm not a loved one. Uh, besides you. I mean, there's like two key ones that I'm still kind of waiting on. But you're at least in that age group where supposedly you're not supposed to be impacted as heavily. But the important thing that I would like to point out is that just because you may be in an age range where you may not be impacted by this virus, it does not mean that you don't have to follow the social distancing guidelines that your government bodies are recommending. I think that's one of the major things that I'm seeing, and especially like we are recording this on the heels of St. Patrick's Day weekend, and it is just so frustrating how many people I saw interviewed over the weekend. Bars were packed elbow to elbow, and people were saying, all of these young college-age people saying, you know what, this is not going to impact me. And I think this is probably just parroting what a lot of government leaders and even celebrities at this point are saying, is that it is your responsibility that 
since it's now been proven, if you look at statistics coming out of South Korea where they've done a lot of extensive testing, a lot of the cases were actually asymptomatic people in the 20 to 29-year-old range. And they were not going necessarily to the hospitals, but they were still carriers of the disease. And if you have a grandparent or a parent or you know someone who's immunocompromised, it's on all of us, basically, to just stay home. I mean, it's a, it's a well, great time to catch up on stuff and not put people at risk because you might not even know that you're sick. I mean, what is it? Idris Elba, he has no symptoms, but he just tested positive for it. Right. Well, and I, I want to come back to that, but I, I want to... Tecta, you mentioned, you mentioned being proactive and you mentioned kind of the reason that this this generation feels so heavily like it's it's just a, such a burden to live through history. It's all chaos, right? Everything you mentioned is this chaotic thing. A lot of them feel like acts of God and a lot of them feel like it's very hard to be proactive. But we have a chance here, not not just as governments, but as people to to be proactive, to listen to what's being being told to us and what's being recommended to us and to to limit this thing and and to not to try and transition a little bit away from the doom and gloom that I feel like this has been so far. I mean, yes, there are still people that are out on St. Patrick's Day and out on spring break and everything like that. I have noticed in the probably the past 24 hours a, a palpable shift in how seriously this is being taken, not just by governments and larger bodies, but as individual people. I've seen I've seen a shift and and we're not done yet. We're not there, but I think the tide may be turning. In, in regards to people actually taking it seriously. Now, as far as me, I promise you I'm not making a joke here. I think a major turning point for me in terms of taking it seriously, as recently as it was, you mentioned Idris Elba. When Tom Hanks said that he was tested, he had tested positive, that was, I think, a wake-up call, not just for me, but for a lot of people. And not, you know, obviously Tom Hanks isn't like a picture of perfect health. He's an older man who I think is diabetic. But like, in as much as he's a celebrity, I think it kind of told people that like hey it can happen to anybody and it's coming it, it was it was just a very high profile thing and you know of course there's a whole complex where tom hanks is basically america's dad so i i think it just hit home with a lot of people and you know from there i think that was like last thursday or friday and and the weekend i think was when the ramp most of the ramp up really happened in terms of like wow this is extremely scary i trying to think of how to characterize this I think that I'm fr- I'm frustrated with a lot of the people, and and I know that you two have both expressed frustration with people who have not taken kind of the social distancing thing very seriously, and we're seeing a lot of sentiment, especially now that like, okay, going home and sitting on your couch should not be that that hard, especially if you've prepared adequately by getting a bunch of food and everything. I think it's going to be a very very interesting few weeks. The thing that's always interesting to me is that we are the generation, and I might be stealing this from a meme or it might have just popped into my head. I honestly don't know if there is a meme out there that says this. Please tweet at us and let us know. But like we are the generation that always brags on social media about how we like to cancel our plans and then just sit in. Introversion. Yeah. Yeah. And like Netflix and chill. And it feels like ever since we were told to social distance, it's like everyone's like, oh, man, I can't possibly stay in a Netflix and chill. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here and I'm like, this is what I've prepared my whole life for. Like I have so many movies and TV shows I want to watch. I have so many games I want to play. It's nice weather and I don't have to worry about being stuck in a bar somewhere. I can just like go lounge outside. This is fantastic. It's like when your parents, when you're a little kid and your parents tell you to do something and no matter what it is, you're like, I'm just going to do the opposite of that thing. So like now we're being, now we're being told to sit inside and we can't, we can't handle it, I guess. So to your previous point of the paradigm shift, I have a news headline that literally says that exactly. Rudy Gobert is donating $500,000 to help people affected by coronavirus. So for those of you who don't know, this is that basketball player that said, ah, I'll be fine I and touched every single microphone. And immediately thereafter was the first NBA player to have coronavirus. And I'm pretty sure, like, wasn't he the reason why we suspended the entire season? Like, I'm pretty sure almost every less. NBA player so far that's been ruled positive was connected to him in some way. So to go oh, from irony. touching every single microphone to donating $500,000 towards it. Well, there's your other side of the coin, folks. He's probably, I mean, he's probably trying to make amends for basically coming off like a complete horse's ass. But, but, but we should, we should talk about, and you just kind of brought us into, you know, obviously a big component of this, not just closing of bars and restaurants and governmental response and everything, but 
the cancellation of entire sports seasons and like specifically i want to zero in on march madness because what a lot of people don't know about the ncaa is that the football doesn't really make them that much money march madness is where they make the vast majority of their money so that was a huge decision and the reason that it took so long coming was i think because they were like we're gonna lose all kinds of money over this i think it's the right decision but you know obviously sporting events concerts we're seeing so many things you know even going to a movie theater now or going to the gym like it's it's obviously it's going to be a trend a transition and anyone who's listening to this probably knows that but it is in a sense historic you know like back when the, we're seeing so many comparisons with the spanish flu and back when the spanish flu happened we didn't have the nhl we didn't have the nba i don't think i think we had baseball i think that was i think we probably had baseball because baseball is old as dirt but i don't know it's just it's a huge deal and there are a lot of people who sports is very important to them and it's it's a very important escape for a lot of people and even that is is a thing to kind of take in and take some time to absorb and on top of that there's all these other things going on and you know movies movie i don't need to go through the list of movie releases but that's another thing that now we're seeing companies push movies back a year or more on a positive note universal i just read today is going to be releasing some of their most recent releases that are still in theaters invisible man and the hunt they're releasing them on streaming platforms oh, really? on demand this week. Yeah. Which is a cool thing. And and, and it's I, I, I want to emphasize that again is that we're talk, we're focusing a lot on the gloom and doom of it because there's so much of that. But there are good things happening here. Well, I mean, there, even like Disney, I think, didn't they? They just released Frozen 2 on Disney Plus a whole early, two months yeah. earlier than they had planned to do. Yeah. And, and and to go back to the sports, you know, obviously a lot of seasonal workers are displaced by the fact that there are no sporting events. The vast majority of teams have stepped up and their owners have stepped up and said and said, we're still going to be paying people during this. And and you mentioned Rudy Gobert with five thousand dollars, like it's five hundred thousand dollars, I should say. It, it, it There's a lot of good things that are happening. And I mean, yeah. So I feel like I've been pretty like semi negative on the social aspects of people reacting to this, but it is also it's hard not to be. It, it's, it's one of those times though where there is a lot of really amazing displays of unity and coming together. I mean, you think of all of the people, and we have to give them a big hand. All of the nurses and doctors and specialists who are on the front lines of this, and they're willingly going into work. And like, I mean, you look at China; a lot of them got infected. You're even starting to hear reports. I think there were two ER doctors over the weekend that had gotten infected in the United States after treating coronavirus patients and just what these people are willing to sacrifice so that they can help other human beings. I mean, you see people willingly staying in. I mean, before there even were government mandates, and sure, there were a lot of people out of the bars. But if you look on social media, there were a lot of people and celebrities alike who all were embracing the hashtag stay at home challenge. Just seeing that this is something that we need to do, not even necessarily for our own well-being, but to protect like the the elderly and the compromised who need to be protected, need that kind of herd immunity and make sure that this doesn't spread. So I think there is a lot of good stuff like that. I mean, man, even the stuff, the videos coming out of Italy right now where they're all getting on their balconies and playing music right. and singing together, like that is incredibly heartwarming, touching stuff. Well, and I, I saw a video today actually just before we set up for recording of Italian citizens recording videos for themselves 10 days in the future. So basically recording videos for the past versions of themselves saying, hey, look, I don't know, Marco, I'm picking a random Italian name. Hey, Marco, like you're going to think this isn't a big deal and it's a huge deal. And like we're watching it now because we're at least in terms of the progression of this thing, we're 10 days behind them. So we're seeing that and, and hopefully we can take something from it. But yeah, I mean, you're seeing people singing out on their balconies. You know, you're hearing a lot of positive stories. And of course, you're hearing a lot of negative stories as well. I personally think that if you stockpile hand sanitizer you there should be a prison sentence involved well that i don't just, totally understand right. like what do you do with it so assuming you, you that, sell it presumably okay but i know there's a lot of people who still have to report to work so hand sanitizer does become effective in those scenarios but assume that you're planning to be locked down in your house and that's why everyone is stockpiling right everything's going to be closed you're going to be stuck in your house that being said where are you catching the disease from well, no, specifically what he's talking about it is selling it through an Amazon seller. And that's why one of the great things that came out of this is Amazon shut people like that down. Yes. Yeah. And and you're seeing a lot more of that. And, you know, there's price gouging and stuff, too. But you're seeing, yeah, companies like Amazon stepping up and saying, wait a minute. <laughs> this you're, you're a jerk. Stop. Right. And now, and now they're stuck that, with right? it, which is amazing. 
and and there's and like technically is the guy who bought i think it was like seventeen thousand bottles of hand sanitizers i don't know what the exact number is yeah he bought it technically he took it off from multiple counties which prevented people in that area from having it because he's a jerk well and and technically is what he did illegal no no i don't think it is but we look there's a there's a common law there's like there's a human decency law there's a there's a code uh, a social code of like that is just he had to know when he was doing that this is not the it's not a good thing to do well i want right? to like, say how that panned out because i'm pretty sure there is a price gouging law in times of like a state of emergency you cannot bump up the prices of quote-unquote essentials and i think the things that the government added to their list of essentials did eventually include hand sanitizer to the point where i want to say the fbi actually confiscated involved. yeah they made him donate all of those things of hand sanitizer so i mean it comes right. around eventually it comes around and and yeah i mean desperate times desperate measures right like when he when he initially set up the plan it probably wasn't against the law now it probably is against the law in some way shape or form it just my i guess my point is the law shouldn't be the point the point should be you're holding this much hand sanitizer getting ready to check out with it you're holding 20 rolls of 20 packages of toilet paper getting ready to check out with it and something should go off in your head right that says wait a second this isn't right and i think we all a good thing about social media and social responsibility is that we can hold people like that accountable now you know social media doesn't have a whole lot of positive takeaways a lot of the time but like i think there's probably a lot of people who want to do things like that who want to start fights in grocery stores over toilet paper who now will think twice about it because everyone has a camera and everyone can hit one button and upload it to facebook and then you're famous for all the wrong reasons the human race is inherently savage only cares about themselves and wow. ruthless. I just we I, I oh, very I much think I there's intelligent life there and I very out there and I very much think there's a reason they're not interacting with us because we suck. When the chips are down, we'll eat each other. That's what the Joker said. And not that the Joker is like a paradigm of like human behavior, but like I guess I just I don't, don't know. Agree there's evidence that. to suggest that. I feel like there's, there's evidence there's... to suggest that there's both good people and bad people. I mean, you have those instances, but you also see in times of need, like I, I'm trying to think of a good instance here, but I think I saw someone on the news who was like a, a young millennial or something and went around and got a list of older people who they didn't want going out to grocery stores that they knew in the community and like offered to face the virus themselves i mean have you seen some of the videos of these packed grocery stores like if you're going to catch coronavirus you're probably going to catch it there so right. i mean willing to go and battle the crowds to get older people their groceries so they didn't have to i mean i think in times of hardship you see good people come out you see bad people come out i that's just my personal opinion i don't know i, I like to you think there's there's more hope in the world if we're not all just inherently bad but that's just me Obviously, I don't want this to get far enough where where that question needs to be seriously answered because we're, we're you know we're not the I'm, what I'm talking about we're not at that point yet we're not at that point where I think every single person would just turn into I'm out for myself and it's not going to get to that point but yeah we're seeing a lot of good things too and you know you're you're even seeing I don't know if it's in, if it's in the uh, United States but I know at least in Europe, there are certain stores that are opening early and they're, they're opening and there's like an hour for the elderly specifically to shop. I love that. And you, you know, and you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of companies adopting certain policies that I don't know, like if I, if I was, if I was a marketing person, if I was a PR person, you want to be those companies. Like I've seen so many companies introducing certain things or saying for for 60 days we're going to make x thing free you want to be those companies you don't want to be the companies who are not responding to this at all you also i'm sorry i if i get one more email from a company saying here's how we're responding to coronavirus i'm losing i'm losing it with that but like i don't know like and this is a stupid example but i know in italy i want to say it was a few days ago Pornhub. y'all know about Pornhub. come on if you don't yeah. you're lying this was this was really good of them yeah, they made like the premium service free for everyone in Italy for like I don't know fourteen days or something, and it, and and you know like I don't I don't think Pornhub necessarily needs to go around reaping good good karma, but like there are other companies. That's not the best example in that regard, but there are other companies who they're doing like Scholastic is making certain children's learning resources free for the next however long because they know that a lot of parents are suddenly given the job of homeschooling when they've never done it before in their lives and. That's the kind of of attitude that that's going to pull us through this. Because yeah, I think in most places now schools are closed for quite a while. Can so. you imagine being a child right now? 
Like just think about can you that. Imagine being a can you imagine being a parent right now? Shout out oh, to God, all no. the parents and yeah, all seriously. the children. Like 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 I have never considered myself so lucky to not be a parent. And I know that might be a very cynical thing to say right now, but like your logistical challenges just go through the roof. Being a kid, if you don't if you don't know how serious this is, it's awesome, right? Because you get well, you're out of school for a month. I do want to give one shout out. They said when your kids are home, do not have play dates. When I was coming home today, I saw hordes of kids hanging out together, playing like it was summer. And that's not the the name of the game. It should be very small gatherings. It even applies to the children. Right. I, I just like, I don't know. I have a little sister. She's 14, 15. Sorry if you're listening little to my little sister. I'm not going to say her name either. But I can't imagine where her head is right now. Like you're out of school for a month and when you're a kid, you're not really thinking too much about the implications of that. You're just thinking, wow, I got a snow day for a month. Like, it, you know, it's, I imagine, I mean, when I, when I was a kid, I was scared of almost everything. So I was, I probably would be scared if I knew even a single thing about all of this. But I think there are probably a lot of kids who, who aren't. Well, I just remember when we were younger, and I don't want to like place this anywhere, but there was a big storm and we were out of school for like a month. And yeah. I remember my parents, remember well. like the electricity was out. And I thought it was super neat because I was just like, I don't have to go to school. And I got to read books and there was candlelight at night and it felt super oh, it cool. Great. And yeah. my parents, meanwhile, are like freaking out. And they're like, how are we going to get like, how are we going to store all of our food? Because the fridge, like a couple days, it, it'll be fine. But then all of the food is going to go bad. And they were running around like chickens with their heads cut off and like always tuned into the news while I was just like listening to my Walkman and not caring about the world. And right. So as a kid, that was super fun. But now as an adult, I'd be like, crap in my pants, 100%. Shout out to all the parents. Like, seriously, I can't imagine. And, and th- thankfully, there are a lot of resources now for, for parents who have to homeschool. And I, I've even, I've seen a lot of authors who teachers reach out, because teachers also have, have it kind of tough right now, where a lot of them are going to be moving to to online online education, those that have the resources for that. And they're reaching out to authors of books saying, I'm teaching this book in class. Do you have, do I have your permission to read this aloud, you know, on YouTube or something to communicate it to my students? And there have been a huge amount of authors and honestly, content creators in general who have said, you know, yes. And I encourage you to do that. And I've talked to my publisher and they've allowed it X and Y. And that's the attitude that, that we need to have. And I think, I think for the most part, we have it. And as much as I said, when the chips are down, we'll eat each other, you know, again, I don't think that's what these circumstances are. And I think we're proving that wrong. And I hope that we continue to. But yeah, I can't imagine being a parent right now. Can't imagine, as you, you already mentioned, the nurses, uh, grocery store workers, special shout out to you. I mean... <laughs> and like the gig economy, the Instacart drivers. Yeah. You are the real MVP because when I had a hankering for Uncrustables, which was one of the things I did not buy because I was like, oh, what practical things should I get for dinner for the next couple weeks? It's like, okay, chicken breast, some frozen veggies, some rice. I did not realize that I would have a hankering for Uncrustables and then want to eat them every day. So I employed my local Instacart shopper and they brought me 30 Uncrustables. So me and Tactic are super good on Uncrustables now for like the next month if we need to be. Very excited. It was right. it was a family I, pack. I didn't go out of my way to get like thirty uncrustables. I don't individuals. Yeah, like <laughs> it was a family pack. But I'm super pumped for that. So thank you to the Instacart driver. You are the bomb. Also, pro tip: they're way better frozen. Not I'm, incorrect. That is a very good assessment. They are super good frozen. As long as you don't like break a tooth. Pro tip: better say, if you break your tooth on them. I'm imagining it being very hard to eat that way, but I've also the only had like two kind of soft. in my life. Like I know this is a, a little bit of a dig- digression, but um, the bread stays kind of soft. So the jelly, if you let it thaw for like two minutes, the jelly kind of liquefies, but then the peanut butter, you know, like the peanut butter shell that you put on ice cream, mm. it becomes that nice, like hard shell consistency. It's so good. It's like you're eating an ice cream, peanut butter and jelly. It's so good. To revisit the gig economy thing, though, because I, I, from an economic standpoint, I remember back when South by Southwest was canceled, which now feels like a decade ago. Which I mean, was last we, and, week. Last and it, week. And it's, right. And it's worth talking about because we, listen, this is not the first, it's not like we're now saying, okay, let's talk about coronavirus. We've talked about coronavirus. We brought it up for a couple of episodes, right? 
I mean, it's been around for a while. We've brought it up. We talked about certain esports tournaments being canceled, which is also a thing. Yeah, you know, league league is kind of I the best right like, now. Dominoes keep falling. We would keep talking about how it would impact nerd economy or not nerd economy, um, nerd culture, and just things getting canceled or delayed. Right. Now I feel like it's every every culture. Everything is just canceled. The world is on hold. Do you guys except think for the, video games? Do you think more people will buy Game Pass if they have it already? I think. Yes, they should. I, I, I mean, it's it's a banging deal. You don't have to leave your house. You pay nine ninety nine for the month. You can play so many games. You have the time. Do it. I know later in the you, episode we're going to talk about things to do, but I just yeah, it's such a great plug. Game Pass, PlayStation Now, all of those type of online rental services. Definitely do it. It's it's a good good use of time. I'll tell you right now. I mean, e- either I'll be back logging video games, but more likely I'll. I mean, PlayStation Store. I don't want to say they're happy about this because I doubt they are, but like, it's going to be good for like Steam. It's going to be good for certain businesses, which is weird. Like, I can't imagine that. But there are certain businesses that, you know, when it's associated with staying home, like Amazon streaming is going to go up. Like, people are going to start renting more movies and maybe even buying more movies. And it's going to be interesting to see just overall the effect on the economy because yeah we talked about south by southwest and there there is a lot of there's a huge gig economy in austin that relies so much on south by southwest and for coronavirus to get that canceled is a huge blow to them and in general there's a lot of people who are yes they're being sent home from work but they're being sent home without pay so the response to that is going to be in a lot of ways unprecedented there's a lot right now that's unknown but i think i think there is a strong sense of togetherness that can be taken away from it so that is good. We, we should talk about that. We should talk about what, what, the one thing we came into this episode knowing, knowing that we wanted to talk about is giving quote unquote binge recommendations and, and I should say quarantine recommendations because obviously there's going to be a lot of people staying home for the next couple of weeks. And while some of us can work from home, that's, that, that only takes up a certain portion of the day and we got to find some indoor activities. So I think the way we're going to do this is we're each going to talk about one book, one screen activity. So I guess I'll, I guess I'll say movie or show and then one kind of bonus thing, whatever we want it to be. So let's start with, let's start with the movie or show and let's, let's start with Technic first and we'll just kind of, we'll kind of go around and see where this takes us. So we've mentioned this before. I don't really have a particular show that I want to binge. It's more, I want to watch as many singular seasons of shows on Apple TV We've only got a year subscription, and we are going to get as much as we can out of all the shows that we can. So if you could recommend like one specific thing for someone to binge out there to add to their list of self-isolation activities, what would you call it? What one? Well, my favorite one was Mythic Quest so far, and we've only watched, I think, three, four, four shows on it. Mm -hmm. Have, Have you tried, and I don't want to digress too much here, but have you tried Servant? Because I see the ads for Servant, and I'm like, what the crap is going on? It's the the online one. Yeah, well, let me know when you get to that one, because it's creepy, man. It's creepy babies. That's what the whole show is. It's it's based on the the trailers for it. That's what the whole show is. So if you recently bought an iPhone or an Apple product, I don't know which ones it pertains to, and you got that free subscription service, now's the time to cash that bad boy in. Yeah, I will say, honestly, when I got my iPhone and I had that free year of Apple TV Plus, I was like, when am I going to have time to watch that? And I mean, it was the year Disney Plus just launched. You know what I mean? Like there was so much stuff on Netflix and Hulu that I wanted to watch. And I was like, I will never have time for this. Lo and behold, I have time for it. I'll say before I really before we go any further, like there's something that I meant to say before we started this discussion and I didn't, which is. I'm seeing a lot of content on the internet that's like, you know, people who are writers, people who who are working from home and like, oh, this is an opportunity to really get get involved in some in some big projects and get a lot of work done. And I don't know, like for me, this has been very tough mental health wise. And I think people also need to just take a beat and absorb things like television shows and do whatever is going to keep you in a good headspace. And that's kind of our goal here. So, yeah. We could keep going, but that's kind of the purpose of all this. So Nerd Bomber, what are you, what, what are you thinking screen-wise here? So 
I mean, I'm obviously going to be watching the same kind of stuff as Tech Tech. I do want to finish The Circle personally, but I would recommend to the general population to watch one of my favorite shows of all time that I feel like a lot of people watched when it was on Netflix, but it got recently taken blind. off. No, 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 <laughs> Chuck. And oh, okay. Illegal, I know you tried like two episodes or something of it and you didn't like it, but I feel like this would be a great time to dive back in. Everyone knows Zachary Levi now. He was in Shazam. He was in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This is a great time to go back, check out his roots, and go watch Chuck. It's on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, you don't have to pay for it. If you do want to pay for it, definitely worth the money. It was probably my favorite show of all time next to The Office. That is how much I love it. And you have to do more than what Illegal did. I feel like it really takes like five episodes to really get into its own. So definitely watch more than two. Actually, I don't remember the details exactly, but I definitely watched more than two episodes. I don't think it was as many as five. I think my standard, I think my rule of thumb for hour long shows is it needs at least three. So I'm guessing I watched three and I was like, it's not, it's not for me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not unwilling to reevaluate that, but. You should definitely um, take the next, you know, it, it's strange too, because we don't really know how long life is going to be like this, but I would definitely say take the next month question mark and just try it. Try it again make my heart happy watch chuck make her heart happy i do have one additional recommendation if you're not in the mood for a silly show halt and catch fire as well is another fantastic one see 100 percent. that's amazing it's on netflix that's the see it's the computer one right yes Yes. computers cool for me my recommendations in a similar vein to nerd bomber in in that it's kind of like one of my all-time favorite shows the weird thing about it i don't think i've ever talked about the west wing on this podcast before the west wing is a show that i think ran pretty much throughout the 90s and it's a political drama so if, if that's not your cup of tea then then maybe don't do it but the thing about it is that in spite of being a political drama and, and obviously politics could be a very not just a dry subject but a depressing subject it is a very optimistic show in general which i think is what a lot of people need right now um it's extremely character driven and it's easy to binge even though they're hour-long episodes and it's written by aaron sorkin who is one of my favorite screenwriters ever have you also so, watched the newsroom if you enjoyed the west wing so the newsroom was another show that got three episodes out of me and i think my problem with the newsroom was jeff bridges or jeff daniels whichever one it is jeff daniels but i can't actually remember i mean the newsroom is the one that's known for that you know the speech that he gives at the beginning about how america's not the best country in the world anymore and it's amazing writing but again that needs i feel like that needs a minimum of five episodes and a lot of these slow burn, I mean, Chuck's not super slow burn, but in terms of like the character development, they feel kind of slow burn. And I feel like you really need five episodes of these shows to really like kind of draw you in and make you That's like the characters. The, the thing about the, the thing about the newsroom, well, I haven't seen much of the newsroom, but I can extrapolate. The thing about West Wing and the newsroom is that Aaron, the way Aaron Sorkin writes, and if you've seen the, no, the, the social network, it's, uh, it's also written by him. The dialogue is so fast. And there's so much happening on any given episode that like, it. don't get me wrong, it's a great binge, but you need to be wired in. <laughs> so like, if you're looking for something that you can like be on your phone during it, it's not going to be for you because it is very like, I remember certain episodes of West Wing where if I like crunched a chip at the wrong time and missed a word, like 20 minutes later, I'd be like, what the, what the crap is going on? And, and for, for that reason too... I think it ran for seven seasons in total. I've only ever made it to season four. And it's one of my favorite shows ever. But it is like, it's a it's on the heavier side, just in that every episode demands your attention. If you, I mean, so I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword in that if you're, it demands a lot of attention, but if that's what you're looking for, if you don't want to have to pay attention to all the things that are happening in the world, then it's perfect. So now let's, 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 let's go to books next and then we'll get to the bonus round i'm going to start with the with, for the books and i'm going to recommend uh, you guys at this point know that i'm a stephen king person and i'm going to recommend my favorite stephen king novel that i've ever read which is the dead zone i realize now as i say it maybe not the most uplifting title wise but it's a really really it's i think it's his tightest story that i've read of his it's also it's also there's a movie so you could read it and then you could watch the movie and the movie's got christopher walken in it which is pretty funny and there's also a TV show, but I don't know if you can stream that anywhere. And I don't think it was on very long, but basically what happens is this guy gets in a car accident and he almost dies, but then he essentially gains psychic abilities and the ability to like talk to the dead. And, and you can imagine where it goes from there. Very par- very paranormal, very detective-y stuff. And I'm a big fan of it. 
nerd bomber what do you have so i'm really big into like fantasy and sci-fi type novels i'll obviously go out of those genres now and then and read some more like contemporary fiction but those are probably like the ones that really stick with me the most and kind of like envelop my entire life when i start to read them and so my major recommendation is the night angel trilogy which is by brent weeks and i actually read this series it was probably like four years ago at this point and it's it's a pretty wieldy series like it's a long series if there's a an edition of the series that's all in one book and it's a pretty it's a hefty boy but it is one of the best I think fantasy novels that I've read the the very cool thing about it is that it is actually a complete series which I can say there's a lot of series out there that are not complete I mean I'm still looking at for that ending of Game of Thrones that isn't the tv show ending also um like the name of the wind never finished so definitely recommend it it's basically about a young boy it's it's like back in like medieval assassiny creed times and he basically goes from an orphan to an assassin's apprentice to an assassin so super interesting read the world building is incredible the characters are incredible the magic system in the books and like just the detail and the attention to detail behind like the assassin mechanisms and maneuvers that are used super great very engulfing worlds and it's a great escape if you don't want to think about pandemics exactly that's that's kind of i I think for me that's the name of the game that might not be the name of the game for everybody but for me like something that i saw brief offshoot we'll get don't worry tactic we're gonna get to you but i saw recently that contagion was like one of the it was like the number two most streamed movie the last week or something why would you want i'm sorry i just I, i don't understand that at all we're and, and I, it. why I, are you watching it media of that kind is supposed to be an escape and no it doesn't always have to be happy but like yeah you're just watching what's happening like i, I can't imagine if listen if you're out there and you're listening to this episode and you've watched contagion recently i want to know why very badly <laughs> so hit us up i'll drop the social media handles at the end tactic what do you got for us book wise so my trilogy was a book called crux by ramiz nam and this, this story is basically artificial intelligence is, we're on the forefront of it. We have people with augmentations and the government doesn't trust it and they basically want to shut it down. And there's mass power imbalances, there's different kind of moral objections, and it's it just keeps you really, really engulfed. And it was one of the, it's really hard to keep me captured on a trilogy, let alone to finish a book. I take years sometimes to finish a novel. And this trilogy, I think I burned through in a summer. So I don't want to spoil it by giving too much away, but if you like sci-fi and kind of technology forefront, because even kind of gives little backgrounds on how this is real plausible technology one day and and the science behind it, because the author, I think, has a background in like software engineering and stuff like that. So it's really, really well-founded, and it keeps you guessing and on the edge of your toes. Now, you said it takes you, uh, it can take you a year to finish a novel. How long does it take you to finish a nozzle? Because I noticed you were about to say that. <laughs> um, um, it depends on the schnoz, I guess. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good to know. So for our kind of our last self-isolation, t- I guess, tip in the form of a recommendation, we're just going to, it's just kind of a grab bag, just whatever you guys want to suggest for for staying home how to pass the time and i think i started with tactic first and myself second so nerd bomber you can start this one off all right so i'm gonna double team this one the first one is definitely video games i mean we talk about video games on here all the time this is a great time to burn through your backlog i know shouldn't be a surprise to anybody listening (laughs) that that's that's one of our suggestions Yeah. yeah i mean i track how many games i have on a website called how long to beat and I think I've, I've capped out. I've got like 400 or 500 hours it would take me to clear out my entire backlog on all of the systems and all of the games that I own. So that being said, I think this is a great time for me to get through some of the games that I'm playing. I'll talk about, I guess we're still doing the what are you up to. So I'll talk about what I am actually playing. You guys have, well, Tactic hasn't played it, but I know Illegal and Ben have played this game. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. But then the other thing I'd advocate for is just exercise. I think there's several different exercise YouTube channels and exercise programs online that have made their exercise routines available for free during this time. And honestly, now is a great time 
you obviously don't have to worry about going to a gym and feeling uncomfortable. You can do it in the comfort of your own living room and it helps your immune system. You know, if you if you want to make sure that you won't get sick, whether it's from coronavirus or down the line when you're like old and in your 70s and you don't want to have heart disease or something like that, exercise. So I'm looking forward to really doing a lot of that. Isn't that rule number two in uh, Zombieland? Cardio? Zombieland. Yeah. Yeah, cardio. I, I, it's funny, like, I, before all the coronavirus stuff started, I have recently changed, kind of changed my working schedule because of, we got a dog and I've been working a lot more from home. So in that sense, this transition has been a little bit gentler for me. But my, the gym that I usually go to is near my work. And so I've been going to the gym a lot less because I can't make myself drive to the all the way to the gym at the end of the day. It feels kind of dumb. So I've been trying to work out from home a lot more. And I will say I'm still in the process of determining what the best way to do that is. It is certainly possible and it's certainly effective. There's a lot of different ways to use your own body weight uh, as resistance. So I think that's a very good suggestion. And, and that's also generally a good thing for like mental health. Like when I get frustrated, I tend to work out and it tends to help almost every time. So that's a good suggestion. My suggestion, kind of my third suggestion, is much more lo-fi. Going back to basics with jigsaw puzzles. Now, one thing actually, and you, you mentioned that you were still watching The Circle, and I am as well, and we can talk about that later, but these people don't have access to like televisions and video games and all that. It doesn't seem like. Most of them, you can see them reading books, but there's one girl that you can see her doing a jigsaw puzzle like the whole time because they're stuck in these apartments. It's a whole thing with that with that show. But it gave me the idea of that'd be a good way to pass the time. And, and again, take your mind off certain things. Put your mind on what seems like a very discreet and very attainable task, which is jigsaw puzzles. Now, I will say, we only have a few jigsaw puzzles in our house, and they're all a thousand piece puzzles, which is flying pretty close to the sun, uh, especially when your patience has already been worn thin by a stressful day. And on top of that, we did start one yesterday, but uh, we had a candle lit on the table and the wax like leaked out and got on some of the pieces. So our personal experience with it is not going the best, but it's still something that I would recommend to everybody uh, just kind of as a, as an old school way to pass the time and, and to engage in a constructive activity with, with loved ones. We do have a spare jigsaw puzzle and I know what you're thinking. Like, how do you have a spare jigsaw puzzle? But when we used to live in our old apartment, we had gotten a jigsaw puzzle because so we're like poor college students, right? And we're like, how do we decorate our apartment for super cheap? So we bought a oh, puzzle and then we mod podged it. And the custom frame was expensive. I mean, it was like 20 bucks, but not like super expensive when you compare it to other wall decor. And then we had a, a puzzle that we hung up on the wall and it was like a cityscape of Times Square. But then my sister was like, oh, I'll get you another puzzle, which was great. But then we promptly moved and then we just never did it. So we have a spare puzzle. We should do that. Good idea. I, my, the one actually, the one that we're doing is actually a Times Square puzzle as well. It's probably a pretty common puzzle. Uh, it's hard. I mean, yeah, it took it's us a, a thousand while. pieces. Yeah. And we, all, well, we also set it up on a table. We set it up on our coffee table. Kind of, we should have measured first. And it like, all the pieces like barely fit. In fact, they don't all fit. Like there's still clumps of pieces that are like on top of each other. So that's, and that's not a good way. If you've never, if you've ever done a jigsaw puzzle before, you know that that's just, that's just trouble from the start. So we're thinking about, especially given the candle incident, like resetting up on a, on our bigger kitchen table and, and really getting in there. So I suppose I'll keep you all updated <laughs> on that tactic. What's your final suggestion for us? So lately I, for the first one, which is video games, I have had the urge to play through The Last of Us. All of my knowledge of this game is is reading up on the plot. I have never actually played it, and I'm really excited to do so. I can't really discern where this urge is coming from, but I want to do it. Um, it couldn't possibly be that HBO show, right? No. The other thing, and this is going to sound strange, is I want to start baking breads, tortilla shells, and things like that because, well, let's face it, the bread aisle is pure cleaned out, and I think that would be a good skill to learn. And we can make all sorts of sandwiches. You're a big sandwich guy? I love a good sandwich. Love a good sandwich. What's your favorite sandwich for the people at home? It's going to sound weird, but a tomato sandwich. You're, wow, it does sound weird. I, can, I can't gross. imagine, it's so I can't good. imagine a it's, worse sandwich. It was the most refreshing sandwich of my childhood. Take two slices of white bread, toasted, tomato, salt, pepper, mayo, bam, good to go. Nah, dude, classic I, PBJ all the way. I, I can't 
believe you just said tomato sandwich. I'm I'm sorry. I'm still for me. It's a two. It's a tuna melt. I don't know. Maybe I have to. Maybe I'm missing out on something major with the tomato sandwich. Um, uh, so refreshing guess, in the summertime. I never would have even thought of that. Is is my point? I didn't know that was a thing. But it, maybe it should be. You know. So we're we're closing in on the end here. But we we can do a quick round, just a brief round of 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 what are you up to Wednesday? I mean, obviously, what most of us have been up to is kind of preparing with for and adapting to what's been going on but nerd bomber you mentioned something that you wanted to talk about right so i started playing control and the reason why i want to talk about this is this was a special request from ben to see how i liked the game so far so this is a game that tactic actually bought me for valentine's day and i finally started playing it i think last week so i know that you've played it and we've heard ben talk about it too on the podcast but the thing that really struck me was how they just kind of throw you in story-wise yeah. and it's it, i was very confused running. yeah i was super it, confused it, it listen it i'm not going to sugarcoat it it does become slightly more clear but not completely that, that that's all i'm going to say i mean it's it's not it's unconventional in that regard i would say because yeah you kind of ju- you show up to this building you don't even know who you are you don't even know how you got there you walk in when you're not supposed to be able to walk in and then a bunch of things happen. Like, it's it's just, yeah, they really throw you in. Yeah, I would say, you, you, like, I know from playing other Remedy games that some of this will become clarified as I play. I also know, so usually in games with collectibles that have, like, story lore in them, it's yeah, pretty hit or miss too. if I actually read them. And I know that's, like, a big taboo, but, like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't find it super necessary because then I feel bogged down in details that I don't really need. But in Remedy games, I feel like they're always pretty necessary. And there's plenty of like notes and stuff that are just like little snippets that don't really mean anything to you. But there's yeah. also a lot of details that you can find. So I find myself making sure I find every collectible. It's really tapped into my like love of finding collectibles. And then actually opening them and reading them and making sure I know what's going on. So those are giving me more clarity. But I am having a lot of fun with it. I think the story kind of gripped me because there is such mystery surrounding everything that I want to find yeah. out what happens. And the gameplay is a lot of fun. It's a it's a double edged sword in that regard. In that, and it's a fine balance to strike. Is really the better the better term to attach to it. Is that they they're establishing a certain amount of mystery because it holds your interest. But you they also have to make sure they don't lose lose you by being purposely obscure and and to the point of the collectibles i kind of followed the same approach i'm a big collectible guy i followed i collected a bunch of them i I, what i what i can say is that i was reading all of them at the beginning and it started to get tedious so i eventually did stop because some of them are pretty long pretty long reads and a lot of them more of them pertain to side missions than the main mission, mm-hmm. which I think is also a general thing. It's generally true of a lot of collectibles and a lot of games. My other negative positive thing, I have one more of each. So the bureau alerts, I don't like them. I feel like they always pop up and show don't up on my screen. I, I know I don't have to do them, but they just always show up and like I'm listening to dialogue and all of a sudden I'll hear like the, the yeah. alert go off and I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why right now? The big siren. Yeah. So like that I don't necessarily like and I don't like that they're timed and like if I don't do them right away, then I just lose them because I like to keep my side missions on a list and I'll get to them after the end of the game. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm the same exact way. I think, and, and granted, you know, I finished the main story of the game. I think there were like two or three side missions I didn't finish, but the bureau alerts, I probably did like two. Like mo- most of them, I would see them be like, oh, well, that's far away. Forget it. <laughs> like, it, it, I think I transitioned to that very quickly. And and I generally am a perfectionist um, by nature, but I, th- I think you're going to find, especially as you get further, that some of the boss battles in that game, in specifically in some of the side missions, are are insane to the point. Like there were a couple that I was like, this is just not worth it. And I that, to, like that was the thing that I was going to say was almost a positive. Not that they were like super insane, but sometimes when I'm playing a story game, there's this weird sweet spot that I love. I don't like being challenged too much where I'm just banging my head against the wall, but I don't want to just like run through it. I want to feel like I'm challenged a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that hit the sweet spot this game has for me. And so for the most part, it does. Like, but, but I there, fail sometimes, but it's not like every single boss I'm failing. And I'm never stuck on one where, like, after a failure, I'm, like, repeatedly just kind of running at it and not knowing what I'm supposed to do. So, Did you get to the uh, refrigerator yet? I did do the refrigerator. That- oh, man. I I was... I spent... I don't know how many times I played the refrigerator. It had, it had to be close to 50. 
I don't know. And, and it was, I, I don't think it was all that hard. I think it was just a mental block for me. I struggle with it a lot. And I've also been told that shielding is very important in that game. And that's a, that's a power up that I did not power up. Like that yeah, was in the skill I tree. The I did not I do just, that. I never used the shield. It's, 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 it's the least intuitive telekinetic power anyways we, we we should move on we could me and you could talk about this for for days yeah when i think refrigerators i i never think shield either i i struggle with the refrigerator quite a bit and there's another boss did you get to the clock yet i got to the clock too yeah did you beat the clock too yep my god okay so i just suck is what you're saying i suck at this game no so okay so the refrigerator the clock is one of the ones the clock i i never beat the clock i was like this isn't worth it really i just stopped yeah couldn't do it couldn't do it the clock was all about patterns i don't want to spoil it for listeners no i know i know it's all about patterns i understand the pattern my problem would be okay so the clock wouldn't the clock itself wouldn't kill me the freaking the guys that blow up i can't do it oh yeah i can't do it with those guys because because i'm on a certain section of it and then they float over from another section and i'm focused on the boss or i'm focused on other guys and then they get to me and they blow up of course and i die i we should do a secret segment about this or something because i could talk a lot more about it (laughs) and we're running short on time but in general control is good and it sounds like you you would agree so far i'm enjoying it a lot so far and it's also very generous on achievements and i like that too yes for sure tactic what do you have so recently I had finally beat Dragon Ball Z Kakarot and you know all in all I always remembered just from my childhood that they made Goku this amazing fighter and they made his son Gohan turn pretty lame but honestly the amount you play as his son and the amount you kick ass as his son it's a little bit different than I remember it I, they they actually kind of made Gohan way cooler than I than I thought he was which was great because i always felt that he was undervalued in the show and beyond the show they they absolutely did shit on him in dragon ball z gt and things like that for those of you who know about the show but all in all super nostalgic experience loved the game i just wish they just called it dragon ball z rpg or something like that just not kakarot it it seemed misplaced to call it kakarot because you played as a number of other characters and you were you were his son in what what felt like most of the story so what's next for you game-wise the last of us i went into that really yeah wow see that's i'm gonna want to i'm gonna be like texting you about that we don't we don't text very much but i'm gonna do that okay that game is important that game is important to me either that or nerd bomber got us a new co-op game to play together oh see you you dangled me you're like last of us but maybe something else what's the other one yoshi's crafted world it was Mario All Day right. and it was on sale for thirty nine ninety nine and I had a coupon and I used it and it was hey, great. No I we haven't played here. it yet, but I'm excited about it. Sounds like there's a lot of gaming in your future. For me, no gaming is has taken place for a while. I'm gonna be dusting something off now. I I, I there's a couple games that I own currently that are on my backlog. Dishonored two has been there for a long time. So it, I think it's probably gonna be that one uh battlefront 2 is is there as well so i think i'm going to be picking one of those to to go through but the the meat of my update is i i did finish ship of theseus um and i have to tell you like on a scale one to ten it was like it was like a six at best it it got it it crumbled under its own weight it wound up crumbling under its own weight so for those that don't remember this was the book that was kind of doubled as an escape room it's it's a book that kind of is supposed to stand alone independently but there's also um two people who are reading it and passing it back and forth writing to each other in the margins so it's kind of like a story within a story and there's there's a mystery that ultimately winds up you know kind of unfolding within the pages and also kind of a love story and it was a lot to read like it's you you kind of take for granted the linearity of picking up a book and each page leads fluidly into the next and there's one cohesive story to follow when there's like three things happening at once and there's like there's inserts and like you'll you'll turn a page and like literally like a napkin with a map drawn on it will fall out and it pulls you out of what you're reading and yeah, i feel like that would kill me a little bit it's cool like there, there's a cool element to it but there's also it got frustrating and by the time i was finishing it because i did finish it but when I, by the time i was finishing it it had turned into like a war of attrition of like okay i want to get this done because it's just it's turning into a lot and I, it also had a pretty in certain ways it had a very predictable trajectory so i knew it was going to happen so yeah not my favorite reading experience in the world i don't know what's next for me on that front but uh, i think next week i'll be checking in with you all about 
what I'm reading and what I'm playing. Cause I'm sure both new things are on the horizon on both of those fronts, given all of the free time at home I'm about to have. So I wonder how news will play out. Like, do you think for just in terms of our podcast? So we usually, as you guys know, we do the usual format where we talk about the news topics and then we usually go into what we're playing or reading or watching and so I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, do you think this will also impact the format of our show? Because I'm assuming with a lot of things on standstill, nerd culture will probably also somewhat come to a standstill, potentially. Right. And, 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 and this is a good question to be asking. And, you know, I haven't mentioned our social media handles this entire time, but I will now. At OWLegal86, at OWTactic, and at OWNerdBomber. We want to hear from you guys, but A... You know, if you want to talk to us about your experience with all of this coronavirus stuff, we'd love to hear from you. And, and of course, you know, know that you're safe for one thing, but um, hear about your experience and if it parallels with ours or, or otherwise. But we also, I think it's fair to say we like feedback on this episode because obviously it was very different. It was very free form. And for all we know, like you said, next week, the situation might not have changed much or there might not be as much news to talk about. And, you know, there are a number of different directions we could go in there. We could do something like this again we could do a deep dive into a topic that's not necessarily time sensitive so we'd love to hear from from you guys and i don't know with that i think we can we can sign off but again we hope you're all staying safe wash your hands for at least 20 seconds i know you've probably heard that a thousand times in the past few days but we'll say it again limit your limit your social gatherings limit uh the time you spend out of the house and uh we can do this we're all in this together so thank you stay healthy yeah, stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will let talk us, at you again. Let us know your week. pandemic oh, yeah. portfolios too. That's true too. Um, it, especially what I, based on what I was just saying about my, what are you up to? I'm at least moderately in need of guidance. So, if any of you have some great suggestions on what to watch or, or read or Chuck. just things to do, Chuck, Chuck, be, Chuck, be, Chuck. Besi- besides Chuck and besides Mass Effect, do let me know and let well let all of us know and. Um, We'll talk at you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.